coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Welcome in. I am your reigning, defending, undisputed, important nonsense champion, Steve Bonham, joined by Neil Smith and Jack Kavanaugh. I'm not clapping. That's not the important part. I refuse to clap for that. Even sarcastic slow clapping. Go Go ahead, Jack. Acknowledge your champion. I just did. I I gave you a slow clap. That's right. I appreciate the slow clap. It's better than Neil did. I was hoping Neil. Well, it's because you convinced me to buy you a belt in the off season. Is all it worked out for me? me Now I'm yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out for you. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm so happy. I'm so. It it wouldn't be my decoration if you all would just be better. It's, it's I, always, I, yeah. I I stopped caring or trying. So that's, yeah, that's, once, once you miss that's a, the reality. Once you it. miss a week, then that's what happened. I got busy with work, missed a week, and then at that point, yeah. it's like, well, I'm done. So there's no point in continuing this. That is the pain of life. Sometimes <laughs> you get busy, you look back, and you regret it. That's right. But. That's right. We can look is, back and enjoy. Is that like a nice. Christmas story type of thing that you're doing no there? Regrets. Like the holidays are over. Regrets here. <laughs> no, we were going to a hot take time machine transition. Mm-hmm. We regret some things, but we look back and enjoy some other things. No regrets here. All right, it's it's all it's all good news today, right? That's oh, I, was, I, was I don't pretty know. Sure that's all. what it was. There is plenty that we can be proud of, but. Not entirely. So, do we want to get right to right to it, or do we uh, have Absolutely. anything to talk about first? Go go into it. There's if all right. If your league is still playing in week eighteen, I apologize. Mm-mm. I was going to say email your commissioner. Godzilla Chris fired immediately. I know that handle. Fired. You acknowledge your champion. Fired. He gets it. Thanks, Chris. Shout out. So, acknowledge the fact that. We did pretty well in quarterbacks when you look at our top 10. And I would say there were about 12 quarterbacks who mattered, give or take. The drop from QB 12, which was Kirk Cousins, at 18.6 points per game to QB 13, which Nick Foles was one of the several quarterbacks tied there, at 16.8, substantial. So the only QB we missed on in our top 10, Russell Wilson. And that's a wash. It's injury, right? Yeah. Well, even then, like it's you did this by points per game, which is the correct way to do it. Um, so you can't even say that it's like games that he missed in general, right? Like it's it's he's QB thirteen, but he missed half a game, I guess technically that counts against him. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that with that finger injury with the gnarly thing. Didn't he miss like that that entire yeah. second half in that game? Yeah, he missed half a game. So even still, after that finger injury, yeah, it's it was kind of downhill from there. But I mean, Russ was one of those guys who was borderline simply because of the fact that he's never been a great passer. It's always been the wheels that have really kept him in that conversation, which is why he was in that tier with Herbert and Rogers on that back end there. So if only they would let him cook, then maybe 
maybe. But we'll see when he's in Denver. We'll see if that makes any difference. <laughs> you think it's going to be him? You don't think it's going to be the reigning MVP, a Aaron Rodgers? Man, the way they keep talking, I feel like they're just going to keep the band together. And it disgusts me to the core. But yeah, as, as someone who has a lot of Devontae Adams shares, uh, and they are going to 100% for sure franchise tag Devontae Adams so that he can't leave like he wants to. Yeah, keep Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just go ahead and keep him happy there for another year at least. That's the thing for me at this point. I don't actually care what happens as long as those two stay together. Yeah. That's well, I really think that's, I think that's almost a certainty at this point, given given the uh, the press conference that we saw, you know, where Aaron Rodgers was talking about Devontae Adams and mm -hmm. – felt like uh kind of romantic almost so mm -hmm. it, it, i i get the distinct impression that it, at 40 years old aaron Rodgers is not looking to start over with anyone else he's he's married as it were and he's going to try and stay married so if that means he has to tolerate the nonsense that goes on in green bay i think he might be inclined to do it but i will say this if they if he does stay in green bay i find it very hard to believe that that's going to be on anything more than a one or two year deal well, he That'll, is actually yeah. under contract for another year. In That's right. I keep, forget, I keep forgetting that because it's yeah. also. It's yeah. So, uh, Everyone got all excited because the announcement was Aaron Rodgers has agreed to negotiate in good faith with Green Bay in the offseason. What does that mean? That means nothing. That's that, that's jargon. So anyways, back to the actual hot take time machine. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. They were all pretty good. Dak, a little iffy at times. Patrick Mahomes nailed it. QB six. Jalen Hurts nailed it. QB seven. Justin Herbert took off to the moon. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. The two quarterbacks in the top 12 we did not have. Mr. Joe Burrow. Yep. QB nine on the season. Our QB 22. Yeah. Or I don't know why I said ours. I had him QB 10. <laughs> and, and this goes back to the discussion we had halfway through uh, when we did the first hot take time machine, where it's just adapting the model because we used the numbers for the entire season for the Bengals last year when Joe Burrow only played 10 games. So now we have a full year sample of Joe Burrow, and that should help the numbers going forward. And it's the same thing. With Matthew Stafford, like we talked about before, we gave the Rams Jared Goff numbers, and you you can't do that. So, we, realistically, looking at the math, I should have projected out the pass attempts from the Lions onto the Rams, and vice versa. But I did not do that. So. Well, at least closer to it, right? And then maybe smoothed yeah. it because what we didn't also predict was the fact that the that the Rams would also have no functional running game for large chunks of the season. And I guess I could be more polite than that, but it's Sony Michelle, so I don't feel inclined to. Sure, looks pretty so, good. I, I will say that too. Actually, Sony Michelle has looked better than I've ever thought capable for him. He, so. did the, he almost did the reverse Todd Gurley. You know, Todd Gurley <laughs> started out great, and then the knees ate him. Right. Sony Michelle sucked because his knees were shot. And then he regrew the cartilage or something, and now he's good. Okay, you know, whatever you got to do, right? You got to get that stem cell research, get that shot up in your knees, regrow all that, and it's fine. But uh, allegedly, allegedly, by the way, I have no data to back any of that up. But what what I would say is, yeah, that's that's that was the other one factor with the Rams that I wanted to talk about a little bit was when we get into projecting for next year, 
sure, we'll you will have another year of sample, but that's we're gonna have to account for Cam Akers at this point. So how do you smooth it slightly, or do you even try? Right. Uh, I don't, I don't know. They've been pretty steady. Yeah. Well, that, that's a conversation for another time. It's a conversation Conver- for April. Conversation yeah. for right now, though. The QBs that we were too high on. Ryan Tannehill. What the hell happened? We thought he was to the moon. Julio, he was always good. He was always our, like, the last QB you'll want is Ryan Tannehill. And then this year, even with AJ Brown and Julio, missing for both parts of the year, I suppose, but just fell off a cliff. Well, and we talked about that too in the, uh, the preseason, how, you know, wait on QB, you can get a guy like Ryan Tannehill later. (laughs) So you don't have to, uh, you don't have to reach for one of these guys earlier. So I feel like that, that advice in and of itself makes the take worse. Um, But I do want to check something real quick. Well, yeah, well, you're doing that. I mean, the biggest thing with Ryan Tannehill was you kind of referenced it. He he didn't have A.J. Brown for the immediate first like quarter of the season, the first like four games, roughly. It's not truly a quarter anymore with the new schedule, but you know what I mean. And then he didn't have Julio Jones for a little while after that, off and on. So, And then the, I and think when the he did thing have Julio, me, he didn't have Julio because he kept right, early. Right, exactly. And then I think yeah, the biggest before thing, Before you though, even say it, I will already answer that question, is when Derrick Henry got hurt, Ryan Tannehill was QB 11. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I was going to reference is he was actually not playing that poorly until he lost Derrick Henry. And then everything went in the tank, which, by the way, I don't view as a surprise. Right. You don't lose a player the caliber of Derrick Henry. The defenses have to account for and just expect everything to truck on as per normal with Dante Foreman and Dante. Well, and we've talked about that for years. It's like, why it's worked so well for them. Why would they change the formula? Right. You just force feed the ball to Derrick Henry. So defenses know that they're putting eight guys in the box against Derrick Henry. Now that doesn't matter. He still trusts, but they do it anyway. And then that leaves man to man coverage on all the wide receivers, which is leaving Ryan Tannehill better options and open options. Well, and also it creates rushing lanes for Ryan Tannehill when he just pulls it down and takes off. So that also helps. Yeah, you can't do that as easily when Derrick Henry's not out there. Yeah. So with Derrick Henry gone, they're basically just rushing three, putting eight back, and daring you to beat them with Donta Foreman. And they've been doing okay. I was going to say, to be fair, they actually have been winning some of those games. they're not putting up eye-popping numbers in the passing game. No, it's the and defense also their defense surprisingly being okay at times. Yeah. It started off so bad right. that yeah. I didn't think they'd be able to turn it around as quickly. And it's not like it's not even as good as it was, you know, previous years. But, which it won't be but I, like you said, now. like he's our or he was QB eight or I'm sorry, QB 11 the first eight weeks. And then Henry got hurt. And since then, he's QB 15. So not not spectacular. So I really, but here's the thing. I'm not going to feel bad about the Ryan Tannehill take. Mm -hmm. I absolutely won't because look, we don't with the information that we had available, which was the idea that Derrick Henry was going to play. Right. We were correct about that. It's just when you remove Derrick Henry from the equation. Now we know definitively if, if Derrick Henry's ever not there. Well, now we know what the floor uh, is. Yeah, exactly. Now we know what the floor is. If it's, or if we get lesser Derrick Henry returning from the injury, 
He's supposed to practice this week too, but Tannehill, our QB, put up 200 yards against the Texans. <laughs> that would be very Derrick Henry. It really would be. So Tannehill, our QB 11. He's the QB 19 in points per game with Daniel Jones and Derek Carr behind Nick Foles, Trevor Simeon, Carson Wentz, and Jimmy G. That's what I mean about the drop off after Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Touch on Kirk for a minute. We had him QB 16. Who cares? Are you happy that you started Kirk Cousins all season? Are you proud? No. The nerd would be. I the mean, nerd would be, but he's not here yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Very true. The one miss that I really regret, though, is Matt Ryan. Our QB 12, in real life, he was the QB 30 behind Big Ben, behind Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Yeah. Terrible. I. Is there any saving Matt Ryan? I mean, here's a fun one for you. Are you ready for this? Lamar Jackson has 30 more fantasy points than Matt Ryan this year on the season, and he's played four less games. That's that's the season that Matt Ryan has had. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's going to get a lot better. What are they going to What are they going to do to make it better? Like, well, what's get Calvin Eric? Ridley back, but that's about it. Is Calvin Ridley but, coming back, or is he just like retired? They, they don't have much of a run game. It's certainly not going to be Cordell Patterson going forward. Melvin Gordon seems like the leader in the clubhouse, at least in our. Are you trying to apply logic to something that would happen for the Falcons down there yeah. in Atlanta? No, mm-hmm. it's the wrong approach. It'll it's be either that be or uh, again. it's either they that don't have, or drafting somebody. Logic. No, no, you can't go by logic. You got to do. You got with the, with the Falcons. You got to think. What's but the not, dumbest thing that could be possibly happen? So. Ty Montgomery, Tavon Austin. It'll be another wide receiver converted to running back. It just won't be quarter There player. you go. It, you gotta you gotta go, you gotta go like lowest comp. What's the dumbest thing that could possibly have? Like Mike Davis. They signed Mike Davis in the offseason to be the lead back, theoretically. And then it became Cordero Patterson. So I think Melvin Gordon is the Mike Davis or the Todd Gurley of this season, where he signs and you're like, wow, he's the guy in Atlanta. And then he's drafted around RB twenty. People, you're and his sleeping. Is just over. You're sleeping on Melvin Gordon, and then he just is getting no snaps, and is getting benched, and he's losing out on touches to Tavon Austin, and that's that's basically what happens next year. Foreshadowing. No, oh, that see that that might make a certain amount of sense, but I'll tell you, they're still saddled with that Matt Ryan contract. I mean, it's getting closer to where they could get out from under it, and somebody might be willing to take it in a trade, or you could. I guess maybe cut him and just eat it. But what's the backup plan? You're not going to fix this problem in this year's draft. Not with the quarterback class. It's coming in more than likely. No, they yeah, missed but, their chance. They should. Yeah, This was the whole point that we, we talked about before in the preseason with what are they doing and the having no, the no sense of what it is they're doing because you were going all in by taking Kyle Pitts over a QB. Like this is your push. You think you've got a team that can compete and go to the playoffs and then you trade Julio Jones. So which path is it? Are you rebuilding or are you going for it? And here they are now at seven and nine, right? Middling have no idea which way they're going. Still, they're still exactly where they should be doing nothing. Like the only way this could have been better is if they were eight, eight and one. That's the only way it could have worked out better for them. Oh, the I feel genuinely sorry for all Atlanta sports fans. And if they're right, if, if you're right, and they sign Melvin Gordon, we'll probably be out on him, even though we were 
big in on Melvin Gordon this year. Our RB21, RB26 in reality, but he paid off big in some games. Yeah. And again, that, that went back to the whole strategy over the summer of drafting the old veteran running backs that nobody else wanted, because if you take a shot on one of them, yeah, the odds are you're going to fail. But if you take a shot on multiple, then at least one of them's going to hit. They're not all dead. Well, and also it was an interesting value proposition for Melvin Gordon specifically, because as I kept mm-hmm. pointing out to everyone, Javante Williams is going too high. Melvin Gordon is is by default becoming a value because they're going to share that job. And that's exactly how that went down. Now, next yeah. year, we're not going to have that conversation again. It's going to be the Javante Williams Express because the, the Broncos are going to oh, yeah. spend every penny they have trying to solve their quarterback problem to go win, which is what they should do. But they're not going to have time for luxuries like having two running backs anymore. It'll be Javante Williams to the moon. And then if something was to happen to him, maybe Mike Boone becomes attractive to a certain extent. But there's not going to be any high-priced option anymore. But Denver also, conversely, I mean, even if it is Russell Wilson, they're not going to, they're not going to run the ball. They're not going to not run the ball. You know what I mean? That's their offense. And it, and the only way that that offense is going to change is if they go ahead and fire Vic Bangio, which oh, might he's gone. He's gone. Like, he is yeah. so gone. That's Tell him that. If. Tell him that. Cause he's convinced he's getting rehired. So and yeah, that's, well, whenever we go back are. and look at these, Matt Nagy thinks he's too. got a job still. Yeah, Matt Nagy is going to be working at McDonald's in two days. Like, It's important to also remember that when we go back and look at this, yes, we were high on Melvin Gordon at 21, but the ADP for Melvin Gordon was running back 30. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You know what? You know what, Mason? I love it. That's the most cynical thing I've ever heard, and I love it. That is Broncos trading for Baker Mayfield. I salute you. Chef's kiss. Way to out cynical me. I didn't think you could have it in you. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, he is basically your son at this point. They trade him Teddy two gloves for Baker, basically straight up. Right, right. And then Bridgewater takes the Browns to the playoffs. Right, 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 right. That's exactly right. And then, and then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then they, they they somehow find a way to like retain Drew Locke as like the backup or some stupid right. nonsense and quarterback controversy. Like, no, that's the Broncos. That's that's exactly how that's gonna go. Perfect. That's good job, Mason. Well, way to read those tea leaves, my friend. That's amazing. So back to the idea of veteran running back, because there were three that Steve was targeting, and two yep. of them hit. We'll yep. touch briefly on David Johnson, who our yeah, RB twenty seven. RB 66 overall that hurt, but it didn't matter because if you listen to us, you also had Leonard Fournette everywhere. He was our RB 25, which was bold because he was the RB 33 in drafts one slot behind his teammate, Ronald Jones, an absolute travesty. The RB (laughs) 75. So Remember that conversation? Lap. That right. conversation was amazing. Watching people try to justify yeah. it. Well, well, I think Ronald Jones is actually, uh, you know, he's actually uh, like pretty good. Yeah, but he can't block or catch. Well, but he's probably going to be a bell cow. He had good numbers. So, well, Melvin Gordon was the big one for me because, to Steve's point from a moment ago, when he gets to RB thirty, that's just that's basically just this huge discount. Yeah, that you're going to be able to realize. And 
he's not going to pay you off every single week, but by the time Except when we're doing this exercise, yeah, but when you get to this exercise, it's more it more than meets the the criterion. Like he, right. like that's the thing. People want to proclaim that he's dead, and it's like it'll be an interesting one for next year. I really hope he. I really hope the cynical argument is that he finds a way out of not having to go to Atlanta. Because if he goes to Atlanta, it's going to be really hard to recommend. But if he goes anywhere else, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon could be interesting again next year. I mean, look, to in our defense here, I'm looking at Jack's notes, looking ahead here to Atlanta. I can see it right on there. Like, yes, we had Mike Davis at 22. I will completely own that he has been trash and is the RB50. But I will say the numbers were correct. They just all went to Cordell Patterson, who's <laughs> RB14. Like had Mike Davis actually had that role, if we had picked the correct person in that backfield, then the numbers were right. It was just the wrong guy. And I believe that's the same situation with like the Cowboys tight end. Like right, right situation, just wrong guy. That's the thing. We're really good at the numbers. It just doesn't always line Mm -hmm. up in the player, except We were pretty bad at the numbers for Kenyon Drake. He was one slot behind Mike Davis, tied Mike Davis at RB50 in points per game. It's my fault for assuming the Raiders would actually use a player they pay a lot of money to. (laughs) It's my mistake. My favorite part of that is when they fired Gruden, his numbers spiked. Because they were like, we're paying him all this money. Shouldn't he play? And And when Gruden's out of there, they're like, yeah, he should. But when Gruden was there, it was like, no. No, I refuse. No, I don't want it's that. It's just guy. like, uh, why did you pay him all this money and write this glowing op-ed on his behalf when you signed him? I don't understand. the. the it doesn't make any sense. But let's not try and weave our way through the criminal mind of, of John Gruden. And that's uh, a fool's errand to try and unpack that. So uh, what do you what do we think? What do you think about Kenyon Drake for next year with a different regime? And Theoretically different regime. Theoretically, make the all... playoffs. I don't think that's an interim head coaching job. Yeah, fair anymore. enough. Yeah, it's fair enough. So, okay, then let's take that off to one side for a minute. You have any any hope for Kenyon Drake next year potentially? If with sane people or saner people running the show, probably not. Okay, not going really, into his they... age twenty eight season, if they didn't yeah. lose him this year, I in, a time, in a time in a timeshare with, with Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, who's a yeah. great between the tackles grinders, phenomenal bruiser that's it though he's, he's not good at anything outside of that so speaking of not being good outside of that we've talked about the good recommendations we gave at running back for people to draft but what about the people to avoid like miles sanders our rb32 told you to avoid him he was even worse than steve could have even hoped rb42 overall that's right you're welcome you are absolutely welcome. It's it's still my favorite tweet of the off season was having Miles Sanders like on my my expert rankings and screenshotted it at RB thirty two and I said when you're ranking Miles Sanders and it still feels too high and I was right I was right I was still ten spots too high it just can't do it can't buy into it never will and when you end up in a committee with Jordan Howard that just speaks <laughs> everything. The guy That's who everything lost everything you need to know. The guy who lost a roster spot to Miles Gaskin. He was cut from the team. Yep. Yeah. No, can't do it, won't do it. So rounding up 
out the good things at running back. We nailed our top 14. Only four ranked outside of it. We got Dalvin Cook, Kamara, CMC, Derrick Henry, Eckler, Najee Harris. You got a lot of him thanks to us. Uh, uh, and then Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor. We were a smidge too low on, but wasn't everybody. RB1 overall going in the second round was ridiculous. And then Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift. But the four that we missed on in that top 12, Saquon Barkley is the one that grinds my gears the most. Our RB4, RB30 overall in points per game. Blame Gettleman. That offensive line is terrible. The, the passing game was awful. I mean, you could say the Giants in general were terrible. Uh, we were a lot higher on Kenny Galladay, who I'm sure we'll get to. He's on uh, the list. Most people, and, uh, and he also had a bad season. It's also one of my favorite obscure stats from the end of the year that Cooper Cup individually outscored the entire Giants wide receiver core combined. Uh, it's, it's amazing how bad the Giants are. It's oh, want to hear my favorite Kenny Galladay stat? Yeah. So, so left tackle Taylor Decker, the one that Lions fans wanted to move on from the offseason because we drafted Penny mm-hmm. Sewell. He has the one that caught touch- a touchdown, right? He has more <laughs> touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Eric Ebron combined. Yeah, that's, yep. Yeah, that sounds right. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Saqu- but with Saquon, Giants next year, can we draft him if Joe Judge is still the coach? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, you can't, I feel like at some point it's worth it. Like any player is worth it at some point, but the point that Saquon is worth it, I don't think he's still on the board. Yeah. I think somebody else auto drafts him ahead of me before I get him in like the late second round by the time I'm interested. If I had to produce rankings today for next season, like I had to submit them on fantasy pros as we do, uh, Saquon would be like 25, something like that. Yeah, that is low. I, it's going to be really low. Based. I'm not I'm I'm staying away from all of it because I'm so cynical, Jack, about the idea that I think Washington, Washington they might as well be Washington. That's the sure. same level of brain power. The Giants are so devoid of ideas that they're going to try and bring this whole thing and run it back one more time. Gettleman, Joe Judge. No, Gettleman's Daniel gone. Jones. He's he's confirmed fired, they're, but they're going to bring in a okay. new GM that doesn't have control over the quarterback because they've already said Daniel Jones is right. They're going to do what the and bears. Did. They'll do yeah. what the bears did. Fine. So that'll functionally yeah. work the same way. Gonna, whether or not Gettleman's keep, uh, uh, fingerprints will be all over it yeah. still. even if And the not. best news is, is it? keep because... Cutler and John Fox, but fire the GM and right. bring in right. Ryan pace and tell him this is the team you have to work with. Don't fix anything. And the best yeah. news is too, you know, that Joe judge former Patriots coach, they're going to bring in someone from New England and it's just going to be Detroit Lions 2.0 and just be garbage. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just have so little confidence that they're going to be able to fix anything properly that how do you trust it? Even if he doesn't get hurt, he'll be out there by himself on a team devoid of talent and just that's what you're going to deal with. Like he's he's an elite level talent when he's not when he's actually healthy being completely neutered by a brain trust of people that I wouldn't even pay to like wash my car because they probably do it wrong. And I'm glad we can stop scapegoating Jason Garrett too, because it's not all of his fault. He's, no, he's part not. of it, but he is say a too, symptom like, of the problem. We talked about this in the preseason a bunch. It's crazy to think about because it feels like he's been in the league forever and just constantly hurt. But Saquon is only 24. Like he's he's barely been in the league. He still has a lot left in his NFL career. So, 
I mean, he's still got two or three prime years left. If he could ever stay healthy and put it together, if they put any kind of line in front of him, then, I mean, I'd still say he'd be a top 20 back going into next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm... It would be It would be close. We'll see what the upgrades are this offseason. I'm right. hoping that if they I do literally him- nothing on the offensive line and they bring back Daniel Jones and it's just status quo with everything else, then yeah. Which is my stated assumption, by the way. Yeah. But we don't know uh, that. I know. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Saquon Barkley versus I that one just hurts. These other two running backs, they ended up tanking because of a committee we did not expect. Zeke Elliott, our RB6 ends up as the RB 17, our RB seven, Aaron Jones ends up as the RB 16, both relegated to committee backs. Now, first of all, put some respect on the name of Derrick Henry jr. AJ Dillon, because he, he, it's not just a committee member with Aaron Jones there. Okay. Uh, So yes, Aaron Jones had the upside to be a top 10 guy. Absolutely. But after you got out of that big five, it was really just a roll of the dice. It's It was pick your poison. Who do you like the most? Aaron Jones fell into that category. But again, even then, we're talking about a guy we had at seven and was still at RB2. Like It's not like he killed you if you drafted Aaron Jones. And really, it's the same thing with Zeke. It's not the RB1 upside that you were hoping for, but it didn't absolutely murder your roster if you had him. It is... Great if you got AJ Dillon or Tony Pollard and you were able to benefit from getting those guys later in the draft. But I'm curious to see with those two specifically how we rank them and how they perform next season. Like they just signed Aaron Jones back to that huge deal, multi year deal to kind of keep the band together because they didn't think AJ Dillon was ready. And then they gave him basically 50% of the snaps because that's what Matt LaFleur does. He loves a running back by committee. It's his jam. So does AJ Dillon get more involved? Does he become just the full-time red zone back? And if that's the case, and it's only third downs for Aaron Jones, does he slip out of the top 20? I don't know. Like, is Tony Pollard the third down back now in Dallas? Or do they just try to get out of that contract altogether that they're a couple years into? They can't. Zeke is confirmed on their team through at least 2022 and I am 90% sure it's a massive loss to them. If they cut him in 2023, even that's how bad this Zeke contract was. That would be a pretty bad contract. Let's see. Well, it's one Jerry Jones negotiated personally. So there's every chance, but he doesn't yeah. need a GM. Okay. He's doing, no, fine. he's fine. He's, he's fine. He knows fine. what he's doing. He's fine. And so the other top 12 running back that we missed out on while, Steve looks up that contract. I know. I, see, I can already see the, the little yeah, flickering on his face. Oh. Uh, so uh, next year for this upcoming season, he's got an $18 million cap hit and a $30 million dead cap hit. So yes, they would lose $12 million by cutting Zeke in the off season. Yeah. But if they cut him in the regular season, they just pay him the 18 million. You know what I mean? After June one. Right. Uh, then he would only, he would get that 18 million still. And then 12 million would carry over the following year. Which is uh, and then the lot. following season in 2023, it's a $16 million cap hit and an 11 million dead cap. So that's when they would save money. 
and likely have to move on. It's still quite the matzo ball. You yeah, that's on. still a lot of money that they're losing out on. Oh, what a terrible contract. Don't pay your running backs. Absolutely, Mike. You are you are not kidding. <laughs> you are not kidding at all there. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Does Dylan's stock rise if Rodgers is out? Do you mean if he leaves? I believe so. Yeah. So that if would be so the no Jordan Love show. Just pick anybody that's not Aaron Rodgers for the purpose. Well, of it would be Jordan Love. I mean, that's if they were going to get rid of Rodgers, they kind of seem like that's the way they want to go is keep it in house. They don't want to if if they are going to get rid of him, they want to save that money. Well, and it's they're broke as hell. Anyway. Well, I was going to yeah, say they are, but yeah. you could free up that Rodgers money, so that would make them less broke as hell. But then you get into the free agency car wash of what would be available. No, nah, right? if they move on from Rogers, it's to vindicate. No, we made the right decision with Jordan Love. Yeah. This was a yeah, correct move. No matter what, though, when you lose Aaron Rodgers, the offense gets worse. So no, losing Aaron Rodgers is a bad thing for AJ, AJ Dillon. Yeah. If you're asking yeah. if his snap count or opportunities might go up, like let's talk about fantasy, just opportunities, right? For opportunities, uh, probably. Right, because they would just run the ball more. One would think, as theoretically, a theoretically, right? right? But I, that's, but that's like, specious reasoning, so right? It's the same. If deal, you're losing like, by a billion yeah, <laughs> every game, wise, yeah, percentage wise, sure, maybe they have a higher run pass ratio. Yeah, but I would think you're going to run less plays because you're punting more, and yeah. he's going to have less red zone opportunities. And would that actually translate to what I said a second ago? Because if you're chasing every mm -hmm. all the time because you're not scoring like you're used to, would it right. would it actually translate? It's hard to say. Right. Or with yeah. their defense, are you just trying to play low scoring games and run out the clock? And you might because their defense is okay, decent. Yeah. yeah. I think what ultimately ends up happening is they cut a couple members of those that defense, move on from yeah. the Smith brothers, keep Aaron Rodgers, get the band back together for one last run. And speaking of running, we should have listened to Jason's running back recommendation because Damian Harris, our RB43, we had him knocked down thanks to James White, who got hurt in real life. RB19, we should have listened to Jason. Uh, and that is painful. I feel like that's also not updated. That may have just been from projections. Is that? Oh what that no, that was projections. Is? That was not our okay. our locked in. Yeah, because uh, like my I know my actual ranking, Damian Harris was like twenty nine or thirty. Yeah, it was going to be too much work to go back through and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, calculate no, the right, two of yours. Right. So I just went through the overall math of the company status. Correct. Quo. Yes, I'm a company man. What can I say? Also, and, company too low on James Conner. Yes. And I will say with uh, with Damian Harris, that was just a factor of running the ball less in general the season before because of Cam Newton. And, well, and because when we did the projections, they we were assuming cut Cam Newton very, very late. late. Yeah. So we were assuming it wasn't Mac Jones, that it was going to be Cam Newton. And in that case, it took away like all the red zone opportunities from the running backs, which knocked right. all those guys down. And with Mac Jones back there it's a lot more attractive because it was the same thing. Like you said, like James white getting the pass catching opportunities was how we projected that out. He gets hurt. What the second game of the season is done for Third. the year. So, and then Damian Harris ends up getting most of the job with Ramondre Stevenson working his way in, which we did talk about on the draft show that that was the end of Sony Michelle. So we definitely nailed that one. Well, yeah, but what's funny, we, we meant the end of Sony Michelle, like that's the end of his career. <laughs> 
that's that's what that well, that's what the subtext of that was that, that well i mean we thought that belichick would be the only crazy guy willing to give sony michelle a shot we forgot about how crazy sean McVay is so that's mm, didn't factor that in never forget never forget never but yeah for- james connor that's yeah. another one where it, he just has never been great he's been okay and in really good situations and here he is on a winning team Somehow, Chase Edmonds, who's been there for how long now? Three years? He's been waiting for the opportunity to be is the this, guy. Is this four? Is I don't know. It's right been a here, while. Chase Edmonds? I think this might be four. But he's been there waiting in the wings for an opportunity to be the guy in Arizona. Finally gets his shot and immediately gets outplayed by James Conner. And then gets hurt and just completely loses the job. I am correct. It is. This is year four of four. Chase Edmonds. He is, this is his last year on his deal. He is yeah. a unrestricted free agent here for next. And I season. believe the Connor deal is a one was a one year prove it deal, right? Yeah, uh, he, he signed for a lot less than people thought he would. Because yeah, to do to do that Kenyon Drake agent. job, that was the whole analysis. Was he's yeah. going to be Kenyon Drake for a year since mm-hmm. they don't have Kenyon Drake to kick around anymore? And he, you know what's funny is played a lot like that one Kenyon Drake season. Yeah. Except, except better, a little better. Yeah. I was gonna say just yeah. a little bit better. Like, this, but it's gobbled up those touchdowns. Uh, and yes, just confirming this. Uh, James Connor is also an unrestricted free agent. So no, they, they Eno have no Benjamin back is except the for only Eno one. Next yeah, year. it's yeah. just you know. So we'll oh, see how that boy. works. That works itself out. But so, it it's not that surprising to me that uh, that somebody we talked about this in the in the preseason. It's not that surprising that James Conner could come in and have a, a quality run with Arizona because look at what Kenyon Drake did. Yeah. And then look at what happens the minute you take Kenyon Drake and put him in a different system. We've seen oh. that before, too. That was before Kenyon Drake. Oh, don't don't <laughs> oh, put that no. evil on. We're just sending Chase everyone Edmonds. to Atlanta. Oh, that's that's so mean. Oh, why would you say that? Polo, why would you, why would he still you has wish so that? much time left in his career. Yeah, but you know what? I could see I- it. No, you know what I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried that he's going to get the Duke Johnson treatment, where he's going to sign three years, fifteen million, and we're going to be, oh yay, he's finally going to get unleashed, and then he's going to be just a third down back for his entire career, and somehow end up on the Dolphins practice squad called oh. hundred yards. Mm. Uh, anyways, you know what? Chase Edmonds you know, winds no, up in Houston. I take it back. Now that he's said that about Atlanta, like I think he's right about Arizona, just the wrong back. I mean, they are going to pay so much money to James Conner to come in there and be their new starting running back that backs up Corderell Patterson or Tavon Austin, one or the other, whichever, whichever is still available in the open market. Uh, that that seems like the Atlanta move. Not sign the younger guy, sign the older guy who definitely has less time left in the league and pay him even more money than you would have paid the younger guy. That's the Atlanta move. And so moving on from or, running back. Or sign Sony Michelle. There it is. That's there it. it. Is. Pay a bunch of money to Sony to Michelle to come in and be your full-time back. back. Now I got it. There it is. Yeah. Gio Bernard, full-time starting running back in Atlanta next season. Oh, goodness. Moving on from the <laughs> running backs. I am over this. The good at wide receiver. <laughs> there there was some, some pretty good stuff. We obviously hit on Devontae Adams, a wide receiver, too. That's given. He was our wide receiver one. He lost out in the race to Cooper Cup, who we had ranked too low, obviously, at wide receiver 15. But that was ahead of consensus because consensus 
had Robert Woods ahead of Cooper Cup for some reason. Robert Woods was our wide receiver 17. Ends up as wide receiver 16. So we were right on him and we were right that Cooper Cup to the moon. Yep. It's just we we had a, a choice, one or the other, right? That's what it really felt like with the Rams is which one do you prefer, Woods or Cup? And it should have been Cup. And I think most of us on the website leaned Woods. And I'm trying to think, was there anybody that actually went Cup? No, I went Woods. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who went Cup. But you know my feelings about Robert Woods. It's well documented how much I love yeah. Robert Woods. Have my children, Robert. I'll uh, I'll make it work. Um, and I can't think of anybody actually yeah. offhand. And so it wasn't just him that we got right for recommending. Jamar Chase ended up as our wide receiver 16 right behind Cooper Cup. And he absolutely dominated this season. So you got a lot of Jamar Chase from us. Yeah. First rookie ever with two 200 plus yard games in uh, in his rookie season. So there you go. Absolutely had a great season. And remember, he kept getting knocked down that list further and further as we went on because, you know, the ball looks different. Well, they don't have the white stripe on the ball yeah, uh-huh. that spins and he can't see the football without the white stripe. The most right. asinine argument I've ever heard, by the way. We made fun of that on the podcast twice because it was so... A- it's a different color of brown. I don't it's know what it looks asinine like. asinine argument I've ever heard. It's unbelievable. And people were buying into it. They were taking that seriously. And I'm like, what kind of pseudoscience BS are they selling out? But I think at one point I had Jamar Chase all the way up at like wide receiver 14, 15. And by the end of the preseason, I had him down as my wide receiver 23. And it's not ever because I, you know, doubted Chase. It's just his ADP was wide receiver 29. Like you could take him at 23. You could you could hedge a little bit on that and be totally fine with it. He ended up becoming the perfect fifth round pick. And not to foreshadow the next week's show, but the, the, uh, I have a feeling when we get to the war, I mean, it's him and Cooper cup, like two guys you had late in the draft or later. You're going to talk about rookie of the year. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's all those last two awards are pretty, pretty signed, sealed and delivered. It's going to be tough for anybody to overcome those two guys. Not going to beat that. Yeah, Jamar Chase passing his former teammate Jamar or Justin Jefferson in terms of rookie yardage, who we nailed it. We had him as the wide receiver four. He was the wide receiver four. Tyreek Hill had him as the wide receiver six. He was the wide receiver six. Too bad, though, our wide receiver five was Allen Robinson, the wide receiver 79. No, no, no. And this is all Jack's fault. We all know that. Yeah, I was told for like three months straight that the Bears were back, baby. I was also told this. And now I I will get a brief break from that for about three months here. And then once we get to the draft, Jack will start up again with his Bears are back, baby. And we are. No, 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 no. Don't make that face. You know, it's true. You know, wait until the draft. No, 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 no. no. As soon as they fire Matt Nagy, hire Brian (laughs) Dable or some other smart head coach. Well, you're giving the Bears a lot of credit here. You're giving the Bears a lot of credit, man. There's two guys who grew up there and followed it. You're giving the Bears so much credit 
They're gonna they bring don't in deserve. Bill O'Brien. They're going to bring like, in Doug Marone and his bologna sandwiches. Yeah, that's right. It's, his fried bologna sandwiches, Doug Marone. That's right. They'll go get him. <laughs> it's going to be somebody that nobody actually wants. They might find a way It'll to get be both like Bill O'Brien and Texans Doug Marone on David the same Cullen. staff. Like, okay. Who? Why did they make this hire? Who? Why did they even interview this guy? And he got the job? Hey, I will say David Cully had a pretty impressive season for the hand he was dealt. Did he? <laughs> I didn't expect that team to win a game, so he got okay. more out of that. Well, roster. when you set the bar at literally zero wins, then yeah, real yeah, impressive season. Really, yeah. really outkicked your coverage on that. When <laughs> hey, you set the bar not at literal up nothing. As a top two pick, that's all I can say. They beat the Jaguars. <laughs> but is that a good thing with their roster? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'd almost. Prefer... That's actually a terrible thing. I'd almost I think prefer... he did an awful job. <laughs> uh... <laughs> like you needed that top two pick. Uh, I don't know about that in this draft. It's a pretty, uh, yeah. Anyways, Allen Robinson, he's gone from the Bears this offseason, so good for him. Maybe he'll join our wide receiver seven, A.J. Brown, in Tennessee. Unfortunately, though, A.J. Brown, wide receiver 27. Yeah, and he dealt with injuries of his own, but also it's like what we talked about earlier where, you know, the passing game really disappeared as soon as Derrick Henry was gone. So That includes the ridiculous game where, AJ Brown put up a 40 yeah. towards the end of the season. So that's kind of how bad that that's got. the disappointing part is yeah. that's how good he was with that game. A lot of disappointing guys that I still believe were... in. I still believe in AJ yeah, Brown, Jack. The, the all the talent, talent in the world. All the sure. talent yeah. in the world with that it's one. It's the same with Terry McLaurin, though. He was our wide receiver 10 because we thought he was going to get fed. Granted, if it's magic gets hurt. That impacts it, but he ends up as the wide receiver 33 behind Christian Kirk, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Elijah Moore. And the problem there, too, was our entire analysis and belief in Terry McLaurin, which you would think rightfully so, right? The process is good, was that he's got Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball, mm -hmm. and your worst-case scenario is it's the same QB that he had last year when he was a top 12 wide receiver. That's your worst case scenario is it's just last year all over again. And then what happens? Like so, some way, somehow the connection between him and Heineke just isn't there anymore. And. Oh, I can tell I you know. why it's because Taylor Heineke is terrible. Yeah. He, yeah, he looked at least halfway decent on the back end of last year. Like when he felt the pressure from Alex Smith, like he was playing for his career and now they had one win against Tampa Bay and suddenly he thought he was a superstar quarterback or something. And it just, he has been trash ever since then. I think the tape is out too. At this point, they know how to bother him in a yeah. real way and they know how to scheme against him to a point where it doesn't matter. And I've been, I've been on my soapbox about Taylor Heineke's decision-making before on this show where he has never met double coverage that he wasn't willing to throw into. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also he's going to get somebody killed. Cause he takes risks with his players out there leading them into giant hits. And that's how Terry McLaurin ends up with a concussion down, down the back half of the season. And it's like, you're going to get people killed. So frankly, like they got to figure out something that isn't Taylor Heineke for Washington for next year. So it's saying it is funny. Cause yeah, all the talent in the world. And it's funny. Also that you put up, you mentioned a Ross St. Brown. 
uh, that feels like that Derrick Henry call I had from a number of years ago, Steve. Remember that? Where I was like, hey, I ended up being right. He just got all the yeah. production in the last four weeks of the season. Now, I can't. The numbers are all right. He just did it in four games as opposed yep. to evenly, evenly spacing it out throughout the year. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And we talked about that briefly last week, too. The fact that really it looked like he was lost as the number one. And then they bring in Josh Reynolds give him a real receiver on the other side of the field that defenses have to respect. And all of a sudden he's getting open, making catches and getting a lot of targets. I'm not really worried about that, by the way, for future years. Are you? I'm, no. I'm, I'm really if he's the this. only guy there, I'm concerned. I don't know no, that he like, could possibly be John, the only guy though. Like it's Josh Reynolds will be back and they will absolutely draft a receiver, which takes pressure off of him on the outside too. So I think next year, year after, those are his prime years. And then that receiver they draft this year, maybe it's Traylon Burks, someone in that mold. That's when it's going to fall off. It could. It could. I'm just, I'm not overly concerned about it because I know that the, that Detroit is going to, Detroit will have, they won't, they're not going to be that depleted in the receiving core two years in a row. They'll do something no, to it. Reynolds, Reynolds will 1000% be back. And Cephas will be back from his injury. So, yeah. Yeah. And then they'll add a rookie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, if they can just get anything to help Amonra St. Brown, we, I mean, we've clearly seen what he's capable of. So, I'm looking forward to it for next year. And also, if you were fortunate enough to get him in like the top of the third round, end of the second round in your dynasty draft, I think you've got, to Jack's point, I think you've got two or three years where you probably feel okay about that. And then, just make sure you get out of it a year too early and not a year too late when he inevitably hits the skids. Yeah. Even even then, he he'll be a consistent. At worst, he'll be a Jarvis Landry type. At best, he'll be better than that. And we had a Mar- we had a Mari Cooper wide receiver eleven ends up as wide receiver twenty nine. He ends up being flipped with another young receiver that we were a bit a little bit lower on wide receiver twenty five for C D Lamb from us ends up as the seventeen. We were pretty bad at the NFC East this year at looking at receivers, honestly. It, in our defense, though, C.D. Lamb, I believe, was like a top twelve pick. He was. He had on, by the end of the offseason. Yeah, by the end of the the preseason, he had climbed. Yeah, C.D. All Lamb the way was up. number twelve in ADP. Yep. He was a back end third round pick. So he finished outside of where everybody had him. Like this, the Cowboys' offense in general was a lot worse than people anticipated it yeah. being. It was a lot more about their defense this season than anybody saw coming. So Micah Parsons, man, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, Oh no, Mike Don't Manning taking a victory guy. lap. The, the one person you. that, well, I, you know, I, no, I didn't. I had Amari Cooper over CD lamb as well. I did too. I'm not going to hide and, it. And again, we, we talked about it in our Cowboys show as well is it's not that we don't think CD lamb is talented or isn't good. It's just, Amari Cooper isn't dead. And I still don't think Amari Cooper is dead. You look at, they were right next to each other, 17 and 20. They were within one wide receiver spot of each other. Neither one of them was a wide receiver one this year. It's just the offense. You can tell how frustrated Amari Cooper is too. He's Mm. not, he was doing a pretty good job of keeping it quiet, but recently he's been a lot more vocal about how mad he is that he's not getting the ball the way that he used to. So that's something to consider for future years where I don't know, we, we might have to reevaluate the model, right? Where we were talking about, they would have three guys in the passing game mm-hmm. that would all matter to a high level. Mm, I think that, sure I about think that, that myth, anymore. 
I think that myth might be dead where you can yeah. have three productive wide receivers. I don't well, know I think we're going to fall. I'm going to fall at least myself personally into the same trap next year, because now you already know that just based on his age and just relative talent, CD lamb is going to be right back in that top 10 discussion. If he's not just locked He'll in, be at but Michael Gallup will be gone, which concentrates the targets on CD lamb. And, but even if that's the case, you've got Mari Cooper at wide receiver 29 this year, he's going to be down there around wide receiver 30 in consensus ADP and I'm going to have a ah, lot of Amari Cooper shares. Saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's not that I would prefer Cooper over Lamb, it's just based on their relative value, mm-hmm. I'd rather have Cooper. So. Cooper could represent a, a mid-round steal for redraft yeah. potentially because the upside would still theoretically be there. So it's going to be interesting. And then and then I think the other question that we'll have to identify is I mean, we met, we referenced Tony Pollard. What are, how are we going to bake that into the model? And then, you know, Dalton right. Schultz is Dalton Schultz, right? So we're right. going to, I think that conversation has been had. So it's going to be interesting to see how we recalibrate for that whole offense. Yeah, it really is. And at least that is a conversation. I don't think there's any conversation about Kenny Galladay anymore. I think we're just out completely wide receiver 20 for us. Wide receiver 90. He was worse than Allen Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Again, that, that offense is dead to me, right? Now. I'm going to tell you, Jack, there's, there, there's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be going into the next year, probably preaching. You just don't want hardly any giants. Like it, there's a, there's a price, there's a price tag where anything becomes attractive, right? We go through that every year on this show, multiple times. What is that price tag for anyone playing for the Giants? <laughs> Saquon would be the only thing that mm-hmm. I think would have real tangible asset. Uh, this now. is going to go back to two years ago with the Golden Tate discussion. Like at some point, I'm going to end up drafting Golden Tate because he's right. going to because he's going to go in wide receiver just fifty off range. Sterling, Sterling Shepard, theoretically, if he's still knocking around, are you talking about Kadarius Tony? Any of it. Any like, of it. At, at yeah. some point, one of those guys is going to be the wide receiver one on that team. And when you can have all of them in like the 12th, 13th round, I'm going to end up taking a lottery ticket on at least one of them. If they end up going that low, and I hope yeah. people are that smart, but I worry they won't be. That's why I yeah. think we will be out. And we were completely out on Debo Samuel. The yeah, but I do see a, you've got a typo us. here because it says, you know, he's wide receiver 41, but it says he finished wide receiver three. He finished RB three. I mean, I don't know about <laughs> wide receiver. I think he's got right. way too many rushing touchdowns and rush attempts to be wide receiver three. Uh, that's 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 clearly no. a, a typo, right? I think we're nitpicking Devo Samuel <laughs> and you're not getting because. your dual eligibility, Steve. You can keep you can keep asking all you no, want. I don't but... want dual eligibility. I want him to be a running back like they're using him. That's I don't want dual eligibility. We're well, not getting that either. Yeah. You're, you're even lower that. lower chance of getting that. For the love <laughs> of God. Like if he lines up in nothing but the backfield, then he's a running back. If he's got three Take it targets and ten Take it up carries, he's a running back. Yeah, but he motions from wide receiver, so he's a mm-hmm. wide receiver. That's right. Yeah, whatever. Just like T. Higgins is a dominant wide receiver. You're all welcome. Wide receiver me, 13. We had him wide receiver 40 in the model. You did. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to. He had this hot streak, too. I want to see. T. Higgins had a huge hot streak, and then he also had a 40 at the end of the year. Now, there were some clunkers in there. They weren't all 40s. But when you when you add it all up, T. Higgins had a 
monster season. Let's see. 14, 16, didn't play two games. 10, 7 and a half, 13, 13, yeah, 13, 5. or less every week the first 11 weeks of the season. Yeah. Ooh. And then he had a 23, a 28, a 16, a 4, the 43, and a 9. Yep. Yeah. So the first 11 weeks of the season, like he could definitely be in the league winner category. Oh, except, though, except in the championship in the last week. Yeah. yeah. If he would have had so a, a 16 or a 15 be. or a 16 in the championship week, I'd, I'd probably just go on with it. Same thing with Travis Kelsey, by the way, because he had the 40 at the start of the playoffs. doesn't really yeah. qualify. And guys, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to give credit to Jason. Why do we get here eventually? Wide receiver 17 for Brandon Cooks. We had him way low outside. Where do we have him? I can't even remember it. Oh, we had him wide receiver 37. He ends up as the wide yeah. receiver 17. And I Jason I had him ranked at 25, but just projections wise, he yeah. was projected at 30. Yeah, but I know what you're referring to. We all laughed at Jason yeah. when he said he would be a top, top 10 wide 10. receiver. Mm -hmm. And he got a lot closer. He got than closer than we did. expected, but so yeah. And for, for the record, just because I've crunched the math here, he was T Higgins through the first 11 weeks points per game was wide receiver 42. Eh? And then through the last hot stretch, just dominated. He was like a top five guy the mm -hmm. last six weeks of the season. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And our final wide receiver we have to touch on Hollywood Brown. We had him outside the top 50. We wanted nothing to do with them. Ends up as the wide receiver 20, and we'll attribute that to Rashad Bateman's injury. Should have been Rashad Bateman. Don't expect a repeat. Yeah. Mark Andrews, 100%. though. But now, again, at least maybe seeing Hollywood Brown do it this year, people will finally realize that Lamar is capable of having a top 24 wide receiver, and it's not a ludicrous take to have a Baltimore wide receiver that high. No. No, it really is not. Ludicrous take, though, that we have to talk about tight ends finally because it is the worst position in all of fantasy football. There were 15 that matter, and by that I mean you could start them every week and it was mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. And really, though, there was tiers of that. There was the sure. difference makers, the high-end difference makers with Andrews at 17.9 points per game. Absurd. Kelsey 16.6 and George Kittle with over 13 points. And then there was the second tier Waller Hawkett and Hawkinson. They are both over 12 points per game. We hit on all of those. We had all of them in our top six, the one we missed out on. Yes, we should abolish the tight end position because the one we missed out on Rob Gronkowski. Ah, uh. And even wow. then, it was all touchdowns, and I think it was all at the beginning of the season. It was oh, wow. before he got hurt, and then he never was able to recapture that form. The points uh, per game model really out. skews heavily in for Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, that's oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Because he's got of... thirteen point seven, but he only played eleven games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much skews, and so he was our tight end eighteen. He's the only person that we really killed you on. We mentioned Dalton Schultz earlier. Wrong guy, right situation. Right. Ended up being a difference maker, tight and seven, 12 points per game. 
our tight end 50. We're sorry about that, but hopefully you pivoted off of Blake Jarwin pretty quick, quickly. And so final tight ends, Dawson Knox, he mattered. We missed on him. Tight end 39, 11.1 points per game. And then Zach Ertz, I don't know if that counts as a mitts. He was tight end 12, our tight end 32. We're splitting hairs. And then it's the neutral that I want to talk about here. Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts, and Mike Gusecki. They were all in a row on our list. They all matter. Like, you were starting them every week. But it's the same with Kirk Cousins. Are you proud that you started these players? Okay. <laughs> you feel Are good you about yourself? Are you happy about it? Yeah. So, no. Tight end is a wasteland. There's but that's the, the thing. Like, Noah Fant, yes, he was. He finished the year as a top 12 tight end, right? But you had to pay up for him to get right. him as the sixth tight end off the board. Logan Thomas was, you know, decimated by injury. So that kind of backfired on you. If Dallas you, Goddard you know, had some really. good games, but he also had some real clunkers. And similarly well, to Noah Well, Fant, Dallas Goddard was up. bad at the beginning of the year with Zach Ertz still there. He really didn't get cooking until the end of the season once it was 100% his job. Right, and he right. was healthy too. So that didn't come on until later. Kyle Pitts statistically had a great tight end year, but for all intents and purposes by a rookie, it wasn't that spectacular. It's just rookie tight ends are normally terrible. So, I mean, it was a low bar for him to beat and he beat it, but still. A thousand yards is a pretty high bar to beat, but I get what you mean in terms of fantasy points. He was right. not nothing special at all. Right. One touchdown on the season was pretty bright pretty much destroyed him. And Mike Gusecki too. All of the production came at the very beginning of the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yes, they mattered, but they don't. And so it'll be the same thing we say this year, as we say next year, pay up for those top guys, pay up for Mark Andrews. Now joining the group, pay up for Kittle, pay up for Kelsey, probably pay up for Waller and Hawkinson. Maybe. I don't know. That's know. that's questionable, but but that's what I mean. It's the three difference makers, the two kind of difference or the two kind of guys flirting on the outside, and then just wait, just yeah. wait. Because again, I mean, you've got guys on here like Dalton Schultz you could get at the end of the draft who was putting up basically as many points as Hawkinson, who was a third round pick, and Fryermith who put up 9.4 off of waivers until halfway through the season, putting up yeah, almost as much as no Myth is the one I wanted to reference because that's the one I'm actually interested in for next year because his it'll be... points per game get skewed very negatively. He's the opposite of Gronk because he was splitting right. time with Ebron early right. on. He yep. really took off. He won't yep. be doing that next year and the, and he'll have a different quarterback, but and his ADP will go up from what it was last season but not by enough that it's going to make a huge difference. So Fryermith is the one that to me is like ascending a little bit where it's like he, he could matter maybe. Yeah, let's see. So it's yeah, worth, really the it's first worth it. five weeks. He wasn't doing much. And then week six is where he really came on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's so, worth it to, to yeah, monitor yeah. him specifically, because if you, if he's going to be roughly the same price to price tag as all these guys who are just guys, then he might yeah. be the one that I would have highlighted. If he's going like, in around 10, where 10, 11, 12, where Dallas Goddard was going last yeah. year, I'm, I'm drafting a lot. That's why I'll I probably have so a bunch Dallas of shares. Yeah. After the last, uh, or what, after the first five weeks, when he kind of was splitting time with Ebron, getting acclimated to the offense, from week six on, Pat Fryermith was 
uh, tight end nine with 11.3 yeah. points per game. And he's very active in the red zone. They trust him down there. At least Ben does. I don't see any mm-hmm. reason why. Let's just assume it's Mason. But Rowe. like that was more than Gasecki. Uh, that oh, was more not... than Pitts. Uh, it was more than uh, Logan Thomas, who we talked about. Maybe. It was more than Dal- Dalton Schultz. It was yeah. just as much as Darren Waller. It was just as a... much as Goddard or Gronk. He's going to have a better quarterback next year. One would be a different one, but it can't get worse because Mason Rudolph is gone. I know you said that he's gone. We're not flirting with that. Really went off. That's fair. No, that's fair, Mike, but Juju will be gone too. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about that. Yeah. 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 Oh, if Juju comes back and Ben comes back, they run it back for one final. Definitely not bringing Ben. Don't think they're doing that. No, Ben already. They bring back Juju. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that with a new QB, but, but yeah, that's, Pat... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Pat Fryermith is the one that I, I'd want to circle. And then uh, beyond that Irv Smith coming back. Cause we didn't really talk about that much. Irv Smith was kind of an interesting name and then he gets hurt immediately. And then it's Tyler Conklin. I personally think Irv Smith is better than Tyler Conklin. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Irv Smith is one that I think might be borderline interesting in kind of that mid tier range for next year, depending on, how he comes back and how he looks, how much people forget about him too. That's the other thing too. That's the other thing too. People forget what they didn't just immediately see. So historically, whereas like, but if you're telling me they're all in the same group, I don't, I don't want any part of Jared cook out of that group. For example, I'm less (laughs) interested in Mike Gusecki than any of that, as opposed to there are some names in there where if they're all the same price, there are names I definitely like more than others. And I don't know. We're going to have a long conversation in the offseason, Jack. A long conversation about the so-called difference makers and how much difference do they actually make. Yeah, yeah Mark Andrews made a pretty big difference this Mark year. Mark Andrews did. That's uh, yeah. There's always – there's a, Kelsey. Kelsey did, and Kelsey did somebody, the year prior. Somebody was bound to finally knock Kelsey from that number yeah. one spot. and Kelsey did the year prior. He made a big difference. But I, I have questions. We're going to do some math about – how much of a difference does the difference makers actually work at their, are they actually worth at their relative ADP? And is it really worth it? Yeah. Is it I actually worth wait. it? We're going to do some <laughs> math to figure this out. I am math so excited. Is to have. Fun, okay? I love math. Yeah. Exactly. Can't wait to have that conversation. Cause we need math to power the hot take time machine, but right. that wraps up all of the hot takes that we time machined back into. So, now, uh, you, we've gone through this list over everything we did here, Jack, but don't think that you're going to get out of this unscathed. Oh, no. Uh, because it's the end of the season, so you know what I have for you. What's it's that? It's results time, Jack. And? What are we here, looking So here is our Jack Knows Best results <laughs> from uh, from this summer. and And clearly, I don't know. Do we need to change the name of the show, Jack? I don't know what happened here because I, uh, I distinctly recall being told that you know best and you were the master of the best ball. I'm so. going to say that the wheel of wow ended up sewering me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what oh, happened sure. here. Blame the wheel here. I will. I'll blame. Look, the wheel. I seem to recall uh, that I also dealt with the wheel and I put up 300 more points than you did. Also, yeah. our guests fared pretty well. All things they considered. Did. SB and we uh, we got thoroughly dominated by Dave Fiorella. I mean, he was just he was in <laughs> basically every draft, and he finished like he won one of the one of the Jack knows bests with the wheel of wow. Even uh, let's see, we had what did he have? One, two, three. He had three top five finishes 
in the seven that he did with us. Cr- yeah. Crushing it out there. My God. He I'll did admit really well. I had not my best best ball season. Yeah, Mike, uh, Mike Manning. Too much Allen Robinson. Good. Too much, yeah, too too much, much Allen Robinson, Robinson to survive that is it. For certain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Mike Manning Will did pretty Fuller. well. Our best guest mm. in general was a, a little skewed. It was Space Ghost, but that's because he won the all staff draft. Mm, so I yeah. mean, of course, whoever won that was going to be the one that finished the best. Uh, but he had a good performance. And then our worst was my guy, Peter. Uh, Peter came in dead last in the one that he did. He just, <laughs> he is not a best ball person. He is the first to admit that. And also he, uh, he got taken by the, by the wheel. Uh, it happens to the best of us. All right. But he might not be the best, best ball person, right? But sure. he's the best ball person. There you go. Person. There you go. <laughs> uh, I will say that like on overall average rank, you beat me there. I had two 11th place finishes and one dead last. There were a couple of times when I was like, oh, this will be the draft. I'll go different than people and I'll take a tight end. And then those are the ones that are dead last down there. So uh, things I've learned going into the next I'm happy in the the founding fathers with you guys and Aiden. I ended up finishing second. That one makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. see, that's one of the ones where I was like, I'll take Travis Kelsey. I'll be a genius with my flex pick. And then you guys got a tight end like right after that. And then I was screwed. Like nothing. Yeah. I got I got really hosed in that one. Yeah. I will also say, like, I did well overall in our underdog leagues that we did together. But what was hurting me is I'm finding I had a lot more exposure to Derrick Henry than I realized. So I did great the first half of the season. And then it was holding for a while there, but it just slowly kept knocking me out of the top. I think in our uh, our ball blast one. I had Derrick Henry in that one. And at one point, like I have no healthy tight ends. I had Derrick Henry. So I think I have like one running back that's healthy. And it's just a bunch of mediocre wide receivers that are trying to carry me through that. And it's not good. It's bad. Like that. I, I got lucky with, with most of the, the drafts that we did. I had yeah, a lot of exposure in- to Irv Smith, which wasn't great. <laughs> uh, you know what? The other one that killed me, Travis Etienne. Sure. Yep. Travis yep. Etienne, Will Fuller, and uh, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those guys that I like, I had, uh, you know, I had the old man running backs. So my highest exposures were Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, and David Johnson. So two of the three worked out, and that's all you need every week. So that was okay. But like, I had a lot of exposure to Rashad Bateman, but I never had to pay up for him. So it didn't murdered me the fact that he did basically nothing on his injury plague rookie <laughs> season but but he I, looked I'm just gonna impressive. watch those yeah i'm gonna watch those highlights constantly just... if you're a film guy oh, rashad bateman oh. oh he was fantastic that's what's gonna and it get was a me fan... through to the draft it's just it was watching a fantastic rashad season with you not guys. even looking at new prospects <laughs> just just going back and watching more rashad bateman film. yeah I was gonna, steve's not going to be any help at all for draft coverage for this year because yeah. he's just going to only be watching rashad bateman tape in the offseason mm-hmm. so no rookies will get previewed it's just going to be look at him catch that ball with one hand I all know, the way right? from his he body look at him down there oh yeah, look God, at him go so that was amazing <laughs> Also, we got to uh, we have to work with Jordan because that was the other one I wanted to point out. Yeah, he was in five of our drafts and never finished higher than seventh. So uh, he really <laughs> the, the wheel was really not kind to Jordan. He uh, he's, he's got to work on his best ball skills there. 
Yeah, but that's something that we all can do this off season. Hopefully, right. you practice with the wheel. Join us on Jack Knows Best all off season long, or whenever they kick it off. It already, whenever they kick it off, it. I don't know when that'll start. I mean, they're already doing the way too early ones right now. Are they so. really? Yeah, mm-hmm. they went Jeez right into Louise. it. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think I'm ready for that <laughs> mentally. <laughs> I think I need a little vacation. But yeah, and the problem with that too is like you're not factoring in rookies, or you are taking rookies, and you just have no idea where they're playing if they're drafted or not. Like you, you have no idea where you're taking those guys. You may get a bargain, and you may get really screwed because you took a guy like a fifth round pick who ended up not getting drafted at all. He's a look. We're all degenerates here, but I don't think any of us are degenerate enough to be trying to do the way too early with no information. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I look, there's there's like there's gambling. And then there's like throwing, throwing money away down money. Well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's 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 the difference. Like a gambling difference. is one thing. Yes. Hucking money into the sun is what that is, where it's like, yes. I have no idea what I'm even gambling on. If you 100%. want to gamble like that, uh, feel free to gamble on any one of any other sporting events. You might as well gamble on sporting events you don't even know. Yeah. Like you might as well be just picking the the college football uh, uh, games that were going on or just go look at tennis. Like they're doing some tennis events. Hey, there's a golf event uh, this weekend too. So get ready for to check that out. If you're if you're looking to gamble on stuff you may not know about, and probably a better shot. All right. Well, thank you, Jack. As and, always. And Jack, it was a fun season with you as well, my friend. As oh, every th- as is every year. Thank you, thank you. It was truly an honor to get to enjoy the 2021 year for all that it was. At least I had fun with you guys. That's and right. we're talking and like we won't talk next week, but we will because we'll yeah, be doing as, as Neil already alluded to uh, earlier in the show. We will have the award show next week. I have that posted currently on our Twitter page. It's also in our discord. So either way, if you're watching this and you haven't filled that out, go do that. Uh, it closes this weekend. Like me and have to fill that out. You should do that. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So everybody needs to uh, to go fill that out. Uh, so we can get that in. I'll get that tallied up next week and we will have it ready to go for the award show next Wednesday. And that'll be the last important nonsense podcast of the 2021 season. So there you go. Looking forward to it. Find something else to occupy your Wednesday nights temporarily, folks. <laughs> temporarily. We'll it's be right. back. You, we'll you, be back. You can get on without us. You'll be okay. It's well, only a couple you'll be months. Back. We'll, we'll yeah. be back in, 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 before you know it. We'll be back probably in March. To start That's right. Stuff, but. That's right. You'll get your fix. All right. But until next week, again, fill that out. Patreon.com slash important nonsense. Get in the Discord. Come hang out with us. And uh, just keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!